Welcome to Salty Investors episode. I'm not even sure. What is it, Tim? 14? 14. Is that what we're up to? Yeah. Jesus. See, just time flies by when you're having fun. Mm -hmm. So how are you this week, Tim? What's oh, salt all about? Oh, a little bit salty about these poor um, gas and coal investors. I think they're getting the rough end of the oh. stick again. You know, and for a decade more, they've been told they're, you know, prize of the state you know we shouldn't be investing in them and we don't need them and we're going to wipe you like out and no one should go into this industry and anybody who invests yeah. in it holy hell you you know you're going up against the political class the banking class you know <laughs> mm. everybody um and now they've come around and said oh no you know we really need you lot we really need coal and gas you know and oh your prices are a bit too high we're going to cap you so mm. seems a bit hypocritical and just a bit worried where that's going to lead from here. So. Yeah. Oh, a bit of nationalisation never hurt anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's basically what they're doing. They're basically nationalising the eastern seaboard's gas uh, supply. So, uh, yeah, that uh, doesn't have a history of working out too well. I mean, the, the real tragedy here is government policy going back, banning the drilling of gas onshore and offshore. I mean, now, Victor, like, a, a, did we say this last week? Did I say this last week that... I think um, after 10 years of like banning it and then, oh, let's have an inquiry. Now you can drill offshore uh, in Victoria. Well, a little bit late though, you know. It reminds me of that. Who was that politician in the UK? There's a quote of him online in 2012 saying, "If we, but if we, if we build a nuclear power plant, it won't be online till 2022. <laughs> it's, yeah, there's an actual quote out of there. Yeah, that would have come in handy, wouldn't it? it would have come oh. in handy this year. In, in Who would have thought? You know, we couldn't predict the future yeah. what was going to happen. You know, and oh, won't leave it up to the market. Yeah. We understand what's going on here. You know, and uh... I know that's why I, I sort of laugh at people who think that this government can handle some kind of energy transition. I mean, the government have demonstrated repeatedly they're idiots. The the real problem, like I said. We don't have enough gas supply. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, okay, the Ukraine war is obviously uh, playing a role, but, I mean, if you'd allowed people to gas, we could be exporting a lot more. Um, and, and your and your cat is in rampant agreement <laughs> by the sounds of it. Yeah, he wants to get in and see me. But no, it's <laughs> not going to happen. So. <laughs> does he give up? Yeah, does he, he does give up, give up eventually? a little bit, yeah. yeah. Right. What are you salty about this week? Um, funny thing, I... This morning, actually, uh, I went to Coles. Uh, you know, I think Coles should share this information with their shareholders if it's true, which I don't know it is. But um, I watched as the woman in front of me bullied, pushed her way through the self-checkout area um, after being challenged to have a look in her bag. Um, she clearly hadn't paid for some of the items in her bag. Um, the Coles staff, they're very professional. They did their best to try and sort of get her to stop and either pay for it or take the things out of her bag. She didn't. She got out. Um, then that staff member came over and assisted me, and she said, that's the second time this morning. So this was 8.45 in the morning. And um, she said that there's a policy now that um, if it's under $100, they just let them go. So, I mean, <laughs> if uh, if that is the policy of Coles, and I don't know if it is, um, what you know, that should be disclosed to shareholders, I think. Yes. And people should be aware that when they go to Coles, they might run into a few shoplifters just walking off with a hundred bucks. And if that's the case, maybe that's going to incentivize more people to just walk off with less than a hundred bucks worth of stuff. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, they're pretty nasty. Like, um, 
if I was a coal shareholder, I'd want to know that, you know, like, and if mm. this is what's going to go happen going forward, um, that's going to affect the bottom line, clearly. Um, yeah. And if we're moving into a recession, it's, it's not going to be a small problem. It's going to escalate, <laughs> you know, a fair yeah. bit here. Um, and I don't know, but I just think it should be disclosed. So everyone knows what they're dealing with. They're supposed to have open markets here. So um, yeah. be interesting to see what comes of this and see if it turns out to be true. Yeah, it might be um, might be one of those cases where they tell their staff that it's not worth getting into an altercation over a hundred dollars. Or, but I mean, again, it it just sends the wrong message. I mean, if you if you're going to allow that, then more of that's going to happen. I mean, maybe it, the the cops aren't interested because someone made off with some Fruit Loops. I don't know. You know, it's uh, yeah, but what uh, happens if it's one hundred and fifty dollars? Are they going to confront yeah. them and stop them, or yeah. what? Are, you know. Should be all outlined, and you know um, what's going to happen. Like, yeah. So I don't know. Just concern for the old coal shareholder here. The the margins aren't super wide here, so you know yeah, any I, loss. Yeah. And I know they've taken a hit in COVID. You know they should have been making bank in COVID, but all the extra, you know, policies that they had to enforce, basically no extra profits, and mm. um, so they'll be hoping to dig their way out of it coming out of this COVID, but. They've got all these other extra things and going to a recession, it might not be so rosy to be a coal shareholder. Mm. Oh, well, we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you have, uh, you're such a compassionate man. You're thinking of the coal shareholder. Um, <laughs> <and> all, well, <laughs> not all the Frankie. <laughs> well, a lot of, you know, the coal shareholder used to be, you know, like mum and pop, you know, um, that used well, to I be. Well, I think it still is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so it's not yeah, like the sophisticated yeah. type investor. Like these guys are relying yeah. on dividends and, you know, really. You know, it's not like high growth, you know, high risk type investing here. Like this is sort yeah. of investing that yeah, retirees go into. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like fully frank dividends. Yeah. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. So it's not like, yeah, yeah we're mucking around with the high end of the market here. Um, but yeah, also, yeah, just be interesting to see what happens here and how it rolls out. But I'm just wondering well, if Woolworths got something similar and, you know, IGA hmm. and, you know, the whole market. Aldi. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm currently in touch with Coles uh, through Twitter, so we'll see what they come up with. We'll see if we've got anything to report next week. So, Tim, something happened last night, literally four or five hours ago in the US. Can you have a guess what it was? I know there was some big news coming out. but Big news? Yes, <laughs> you are correct. Uh, the Fed rate, well, it, it's not big news though, is it, Tim? Because if you'd been listening to the salty investors, you would have known that the Fed was going to, going to go 50 basis points because that's what we've been saying for weeks, isn't it? Yep. Say. Um, they, they, they raised, I mean, I love the headlines, like highest level in 15 years. Yeah, they're at 4.5%. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's nothing, isn't it? It's, you know, it's... Actually, we're going back to the era before the crazy started is what we're doing. Um, And so I think the the key takeaway here for me was, along with the increase, came an indication that officials expect to keep rates higher through next year with no reductions in 2024. Now, of course, we should take any forecast done by central banks with a massive grain of salt. I wouldn't be surprised if they were cutting rates in June, you know, because... You know, they've got to be data dependent and, um, you know, they've got to get the dot plot out and see where the dot plot's at. Um, but uh, the market kind of didn't like that. 
and you know this market keep it, it's like a child that it's, it's like homer simpson you know he puts his hand on the on the stove ow 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 it's just like dude stop doing it it's the market is like but we thought you know aren't we going back to two percent next year no apparently not um and the only other thing they think they said that the terminal rate again based on dot plots would be 5.1 oh i heard which it indicates a couple more rise 4.9 is actually was decreasing too oh was it well depending what you look at oh, that's oh. the dot plot but yeah okay. if you look at the for, future market mm. they're sort of saying you know it's not actually going to get to five so um i don't know which one to believe oh. but oh, okay so the yeah yeah okay well, no, anyway, uh, I think the key is that yeah, they're not coming down anytime soon. And so you probably need to bake that in for the next 12 months. And the market, I mean, the market didn't really crap itself. I think it's down. It was up half a percent before, half a percent yes. before the announcement and it finished down half a percent. And we really shouldn't pay any attention to those kind of uh, knee-jerk reactions. You got anything to add there, Tim, about well, the Fed? I just want to, what do you think? Like they're going to, early next year, do another 25 and then... It, I think it's just going to plateau. Like they'll plateau for four or five yeah. months and just yeah. wait for everything to settle in. Um, but yeah, what's going to yeah. cause the cause them to change? Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to get to five now. So uh, I just think. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, so they're at four and a half. Uh, yeah. Inflation is what? Is it, what is it now? High sixes or low sevens? Low it's sevens, seven. yeah. Seven low one. sevens. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're still negative two and a half percent, Christ's <laughs> sake. So, like, you know, it, it, and I think it's true to say that every bout of inflation that got over six percent wasn't cured until uh, the Fed funds rate was above the inflation rate. Now, obviously, there's two ways that can happen you can keep hiking and inflation or inflation comes down or both at the same time, which I assume is going to happen. You're going to get lower and lower year over year prints and they're going to just creep up to, you know, four, seven, five, maybe five. And yeah, um, yeah they'll, then they're going to sit there for a while because you can't, because the, the seventies, uh, the Arthur Burns fed is an object lesson in not going hard enough. I mean, I, that I know, Powell is he's at least said that he understands that he said yes. that he understands that um they they backed off too early in the 70s on a number of occasions it wasn't just once um so i think yeah they'll raise maybe another i think they don't they don't have a meeting either in january do they the, i don't the, think the so right. yeah um. so it and that's what the rba and the the fed have going for them they've got this let's see how the christmas period goes through january they don't have to make any decisions until february um so it's a nice this is you should think of this as a pause in in some sense at yes. least it gives them you know a little bit of time and yeah they'll go a couple more but the idea as we've been saying on here a lot the idea that it's just going to come straight back down <laughs> yeah. the the odds of that aren't too high if history's any good Yep. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It's, I just, will the market handle, you know, six months of it going sideways? Well, they're going to have a tantrum here and go, you know, we need, because things yeah. will start tighten up. Like it's going to catch up here. Like, um, yeah, you can yep. see housing's already, you know, slowing right down. Um, yep. So, yep. And the supply chain thing, that's, no one even talks about that anymore. Like it's just, mm. I looked at all the ships the other day. 
of China and there's hardly any parked out there. So obviously yeah. supply chains have picked right up and used cars. I don't know if you saw the numbers, but on the inflation numbers, used car numbers are down like two and a half percent on uh, the inflation numbers. So you mean prices or sales? Prices, you know, the inflation numbers. Prices, yeah. So um, we've just got, you know, the old, you know, um, housing, rent a equivalent thing. That's the only thing I mean, we know mm. that's, you know, that's lagged, you know, that's all yeah, year yeah. over year, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. Mm. Well, here's, here's an interesting point. The reality of, uh, this is via some, I forget who this was. If you wanted to borrow $500,000 from the bank before all these rate rises, you needed a household income of 122,000. Now you need a household income of 180,000 to borrow 500 grand that's in australia now that's going to put a lot of people out for a lot of people out of reach or they just have to scale back and say well i can only borrow 400 so i gotta you know look at it not that brand new apartment or that brand new house but that one that's five years old down the road or whatever you know depending on how big their deposit is so mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely that's definitely a, a, a big impediment let's have a look at a little, little more data like that uh oh this was sorry before we get to that uh i just thought this was interesting this was tweeted out i didn't do this some guy tweeted it out um recessionary bear markets tend to bottom when pmis are well below 50 unemployment rate has risen by 1.3 percentage points so it would have to get up to what four and a half what is it us you'd have to get up to nearly five wouldn't it future yeah. expected eps have been revised down to 10 plus percent none of those conditions are met today and mm -hmm. unlikely to be until the first second quarter next year which again tim is what we've been saying <laughs> we've been saying this haven't yeah. we week yeah. after week week after week pounding the table mm -hmm. uh, and yet the message doesn't get through but you know i think we can go we could go to sleep for six months here and wake up and it'll still be the same story, you know, to a degree, uh, unless it crashes, yeah. you know. Um, I'd be happy to go to sleep for three months. I don't know three about months. six. <laughs> yeah. Three. three. Yeah. That's probably three. a bit safer, but yeah. yeah. Something here is going to change. So what's going to go? Unemployment, I think, has definitely got a cross here. It's definitely got a uptick a bit more before. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know. And the, um, the, the EPS revisions aren't aren't anywhere near 10% yet. Um, so for 2023, mm -hmm. the, the, the last time we actually put something up about that a couple of weeks ago, they would had been revised down two to 3%. That's FY 23. Yep. Um, so that, yeah, they've got a ways to go yet. Um, <clears throat> and as I said, Morgan Stanley was at 195 on the S and P for 2023, which implied something like a, yeah, 10, Bit more than ten percent downgrade because it was at two thirty something, I think. Yeah. yeah. So still got a way to go there. So mm. again, you know, if history's any guide, probably not. Um, yeah. Not there yet. Um, but yeah, just uh, oh, I, I I think I've got slides out of order this week, given what's been happening uh, recently. But I just thought this was—I don't know what your wow. take is when I saw this. Um, my view was, is this a good country indicator to get out of act, to get out of passive? At oh. the, you know, like when everybody's storming into passive. Uh, wait, wait and, to and, see what are my you know, charts? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. see what they're going into because like, you know it's not 
equally balanced. You know, it's all mm. market weighted. So yeah. the top 10 yeah. get a lion's share of that as well. And what does that happen? To, doesn't mean they're valued at that sort of number. You know, it's just money pumping yeah. in week after week to these high valued companies. Well, there, there was a New York Times article. I shared it with you offline um, that said that there was no hedge fund active manager that had beaten the index in the last five years, was it? And so that combined with the terrible 2022, and a lot of people might be going, I give up, just stick it in a passive fund, right? Yep. I give up. But we might be going to, into an age where, you know, good active managers can outperform, you know, yeah. as, as a, I mean, if you look at the last decade, I mean, Why would you you? Know, if you had the index return, you're fine, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, why take all that risk, all that heartache and, you know, yeah. all the ups fees. and downs yeah, the drawdowns are just insane. Um, yeah. doesn't matter who you are. You can't be good in all environments compared to the index, mm. but everyone just compares it to the S and P 500. This is what drives me insane. Like, yeah. well, the U S dollar is at the highest it's been for a long time. You know, um, mm. people are saying, as it got peaked there, I know that's dangerous talk, but mm. reversion to the mean must happen there at some stage as well. Like we can't have, US exceptionalism keep going forever here. Um, I remember EM and, you know, Asia, they were all themes, you know, not that long ago. We'll rotate yep. into them a little bit. And if you're just stuck in the US, I know you get exposure to them a little bit from those US companies, but uh, yeah, I don't, I think it is a, a good indicator of this, you know, um, but you've got to pick your active manager, I suppose. Like, looks like a heap of them are yep. junk. So, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I just thought that was interesting. Um, oh, that's interesting. Uh, so this came from Macro Business because we last week we took a look at um, how the US had, US consumers had blown through all their excess savings, right? And they're just back to their, their disposable income. They had a huge burst in disposable income. Savings rates went up and they've blown through that and now they're just back at the normal level. Um, so this is... Real household disposable income per capita, you see a spike up there in mm. 2020. Um, and now we've we've definitely come off the peak and heading down. Uh, the more frightening one there, I think, is Australian real wages, you know, oh, heading wow. back to, you know, levels of 15 years ago. So that, that's got to hurt. Um, now, the thing about that is you shouldn't get too fixated on real wages because people have other sources of income so that, that it doesn't pick up everything else right mm -hmm. but uh it's not like the stock market's been producing wonderful gains this year so it, it's got to provide some kind of um impediment to to consumer spending next year you would think combined with higher interest rates uh this chart i think was even more damning um, this so this is from the government's budget papers, right? This is where it's from. So, if you look at that, look at that drawdown in um, real wages index. Yeah. I mean, it's literally back to 2010 levels. Uh, is where it's they've got it bottoming out in 22 to 23, which is only, you know, that's fiscal. That's six months away, right? And then it and then it nicely turns up. Well, maybe it doesn't oh, nicely yeah. turn up like that because that bit that bit is the forecast. Yeah. Right? Um, 
the, you know, that's actually historic. They should have actually colored that a different color. Yeah. Someone doesn't know how to use Excel maybe. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Cause so that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty huge. That's well, pretty I was, huge I've, thing. it's anecdotally, I've heard miners complaining that, you know, wages haven't really changed in the last decade, you know, right. you know, you can reflation and everything else and the conditions and the food and everything you get. And, um, you think miners, they're supposed to be, you know, the, the best blue collar worker in, in Australia that actually earns some coin. Um, yeah. and they're complaining saying, you know, it's not as good as they're still only getting 40 bucks an hour and they've got to go through all this extra hassle and fly and fly out and comparing it to a decade ago when that similar type of money would go a lot further. Um, yeah. This chart is sort of proving that a little bit, like why would you get involved into mining when you can earn that sort of money in, in the city? Um, but the problem is, is what do we export in Australia? Freaking nothing. So I don't know. Like, and we're in a guess. Yeah. Well, we did it once. Yeah. <laughs> we're exporting a lot. No, I don't know. It's just, you know, this commodity cycle does crash a little bit, you know, and they're already complaining about the wages, you know, wow, what's it going to be like in a couple of years time. If we go through a hard time, who's going to be earning the money here, you know? So, Hmm. And like, yep. remember, like 30% of their wage goes straight to the government, you know, as taxes. So yep. tax receipts are yeah, all this talk about, you know, getting rid of miners and how terrible they are. And, you know, well, that's a, that's a funny thing. Though. I mean, they want to get rid of certain types of miners because if you're pro renewable energy and you're pro the electrification of everything, electric cars, you are massively pro mining because it takes an enormous amount of resources. <laughs> You know, for example, you know, to, to build electric cars and to build all the, uh, I saw, I don't know if this is true, but I saw someone say the other day that the amount of transmission infrastructure you need for renewable energy is something like four times that of traditional. I don't know okay. why that is, but yeah, yeah. You know, whether it's, maybe it's not four times, maybe it's, even if it's double, it's still, you know, so you, if you absolutely love mining, if you're pro-renewable, pro electrification of everything um mm-hmm. which is funny. it's strange because I, I see now people who on twitter now there's this language talked about people who are in favor of fossil fuels is they just call them the polluters the polluters the polluters wow. want you know it's like wait a minute what renewable energy there's no pollution involved no massive clearing of land no digging up minerals none, none of that happens it's just it's just a weird way it, they often do this. They capture the language um, and make it sound oh, demonizing people. You know, I see yeah. that now the greens and Pocot put in an electrification part of the bill, you know, for the price cap saying that, you know, mm. lowing. So we should be ta- changing away from gas into electrification of things. But like I said, if you haven't got the yeah. infrastructure to bring that electricity to the houses, you know, how are you mm. going to switch everywhere over from gas stoves to freaking electric? Oh, yeah. Just, I don't no know about one's... you, but I, pre- I prefer cooking with gas. Uh, just like electric, I never never got used to electric. Um, just no. prefer cooking with gas anyway. People prefer gas. Yeah, but <coughs> oh. when you don't have a mix and you're just reliant on one thing, you know, that's oh. not... Disaster. Power goes out or, you know, the, when we get a cyclone or, you know, Australia, who would have thought cyclone of mm. bushfires or whatever, you know? Yeah. like floods. Yes, Australia, you know, and we're just relying on one source of energy. Um, it's not the most wisest solution. And like, yes, you could have done that, but you need to start it 20 years ago. 
you can't just like turn today and go, oh, I'm going to switch off gas and go to electric everything. Yeah. Um, and they were pro well, gas. That. Ten- yeah, that they were pro gas a decade ago. You know, all the greenies, yeah. you know, let's mm. all go to gas, you know. Now they're all switching yeah. their mind. You just can't do these things that quickly. Um, mm. so. yeah. Sorry to get off track here a bit. Watch. No, no. <laughs> anyway, just, yeah, just thought, uh, yeah, we, we keep talking about a wall that um, the Australian consumer is going to run into, um, you know. I Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll sail through it. Just, you know. Unscathed, who knows? Mm. Well, we've got away with it last time. So GFC yep. didn't really hit Australia. So 30 years is a long time to not get a proper recession. So, yeah. So we are due for one. <laughs> yeah. Definitely due for Odds. one. Yeah. Um, okay. So this was, you got this off Mr. Gunlack, did you? Yeah. Gunlack. Yeah. Like, as you can see here, this is just horrendous. Like, you're wondering why passive does so well, you know, so passive. Yeah. So they call it matter now because of matter, but um, yeah, like if you're in passive, you know, Mm. all the top stocks are are weighted that way. So the the top five or 10 are like 5% of the index, each of them, you know, or three or five. So you get a lot of them when you put in an index fund, most of your money is going in towards these top stocks. Um, Yeah. That expands the multiples on them. Doesn't mean the underlying value is there. Um, you have got some investors going into them as yeah. well, but if we do get a multiple compression, which normally happens in a recession. I don't think there's been a recession mm. where we haven't got a, a 15 or a 17 handle on the, the PE um, at some stage in it. Um, and so you're thinking, wow, look at these names. Like, you know, it has come down a fair bit, but yeah, I could see at least 750, you know, here, you know, for these, these lot. Um, so it's got another, you know, 20 or 30%, probably 20%, to be honest, is already corrected enough. Yeah. But, you know, nifty 50, you know, from those days, you know, that not all everything hangs around forever. Um, things change over time. So I'm just not sure which one of these, (laughs) you know, we're going to drop out. Netflix seems nifty 50 was a disaster. I think they were down 70, 80% on average, weren't they? Yeah. By the end of it. Yeah, but you you know you've watched all those graphs. You know, go back every ten years and look at what's the top ten holdings in the S and P five hundred. You know, it fluctuates. Yep. You know, um, yep. go back twenty years, it was a whole heap of gas and industrials and you know oil and things like that. And, so. No, that's why I um, uh, I mean financials. Financials were huge just yes. before the financial crisis, yeah. weren't they? Part of the industry, part of the index. Um, but that's why I'm. I keep being suspect about, you know, like all these big uh, moat companies, Microsoft, Netflix, uh, Apple in particular, mm-hmm. you know, that, all right, great time to buy, you know, these things are off their highs by long. It's like, but yeah, the, the old, the ones that led the last bull market won't be the ones that lead the next one. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know what, if, if it isn't them, I don't know what it's going to be, but um, that's why I'm not, I haven't been, I don't know, super keen just to jump back in just yet. Well, you just look at that, names. those multiples there to show, you know, like you don't expand yeah. from, you know, 2013 all the way up to today, you know, with, you know, yeah. that's some huge, I know they've got heaps of earnings behind them as well. Those earnings has increased, yeah. but well, that's a huge, and you're wondering, you wondering why you can't beat 
the index, like if you weren't <laughs> in two or three of them, you're basically toast. Like there's <laughs> no way that you could beat the index like, unless you um just luck. There's got to be a lot of luck and, you know, just magical um, yeah. active investor. But yeah, if you didn't hug the index here a little bit, like grab two or three of these names and also, you know, ride them, you're in trouble. Yeah. Like you're not going to beat it. Like, look at that. Like, I wonder. I wonder if we, if we based the chart um, from, say, the peak in twenty twenty one, and we were sitting here in twenty thirty one, what that's going to look like then? Oh yeah. 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 What's that going to look like? Right now, um, <clears throat> you'd have to say that uh, you'd be. <clears throat> the the MSCI all country probably looks good from yes. from from twenty twenty one to today. Yeah, well, like emerging markets, what that's going to look like you know they're definitely going to come back here. Um, the multiples are super mm. low. There's heaps amount of value in there. Um, it's just what names do you roll into? You know, like it's just you know US dollar so strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ETF. some sort of ETF. Uh, yeah. Well, Terry's got rid of his, you know, his yeah. feet one, you know, which was in China and India and stuff. And I thought, oh, that was probably the best right. fund he had, but it hasn't performed, you know, yep. as you can see why. Mm. But at some point here. And he gave up. Maybe he yeah. gave up too early. That's, if I spoke to him, that's what I'd say. It's, hey, you just, you know, yeah. threw in the towel a little bit early. You know, you look at another 10 years and <laughs> I'm sure it would have been doing well. But yeah. Mm. All right. Let's move on from Manama. So um, you've got 12 quality funds and what are the top common holdings? So what are some, are the common holdings the one down down the yeah. right-hand side there? Is that? In the right-hand side. Or, yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you, yeah. So nine of the 12 funds have Visa, for example. Yes. Is that, that's what you're saying? Yeah. In their top 20. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh, how could I just simplify this whole thing instead of me trying to pick what I should invest in? I'll just look at, what the mm. best in the world, you know, there's probably, <laughs> you know, probably a trillion dollars worth of um, value being invested here. Um, what's the best guys in the world? Um, what are they investing in? Um, yep. And I just thought, oh, well, I'll just collate them and find out what's the most frequent ones. Um, so obviously you need to chuck a valuation on top of this, but you can see here, there's some names that just keep throwing up. Like, like you said, Visa, nine, nine out of 12 funds yeah. have got it. You know, even Adobe five. Um, Mastercard's not in there. Yeah, yeah, it's number. Oh, six. oh yeah, there is. sorry, yeah, it's number six. No, Apple, no Apple. Um, no, I don't think so. No, mm. it'd be maybe down lower, but um, because yeah. Terry's just entered it, but uh, yeah, remember Apple wasn't that well liked not that long ago. Yeah. You know, like it didn't have, you know, it was low PE type thing, so it wasn't a high growth type. Um, so we're looking for growth, um, sustainable growth, you know, the remote type quality type mm. investment with a high returns on capital. Um, so yeah, you can, I just thought, oh, it'd be very interesting. Like if I just, you know, next week, you know, the market crashed 30%, you know, yep. you just grab a list like this and go, okay, let's just start at the top and do a quick valuation on it and think how good is that moat and hold it for five to 10 years. And I'm sure you would do well. Like I'm, I'm sure it'd be a pretty good um, investment. But so then I thought, okay, maybe this isn't concentrated enough. 
So I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll flick it over and do it based on the top 10. So it's slightly different. That's the next slide. Um, so I just, so I did it on the top 10. So this is like, only look at the top yep. 10 and type. Wow. you can see bees are still holding their hold. <laughs> yep. Still nine. So so card. Yep. Yep. Oh, hey, geez, nine, all the nine of them had it in their top 10, eh? Yeah. And, you know, Accenture, you know, the one that you've been having a quick look yeah. at, you know, yeah. and you've got Adobe and um, ADP, Autodesk, uh, Estee Lauder, you know, and you've got one of my ones at FICO, you know, <laughs> you, got, um, you know, you've got a few other ones there, yeah. S&P Global, um, Moody's in there as well. Yeah, Moody's is right at the top. So, you know, you've got the, the normal culprits here. Um, We've got a nice condensed list. You're not looking at 3,000 stocks here. <laughs> so you're really, you know, got a concentrated list to go, okay, can I understand these things? Do I, do I actually like them? Do I want to hold them? And yeah. can I understand the moat? And what's the moat going to look like in five to 10 years time? Mm. So, yeah, I thought I'll use the power of, you know, <laughs> these billion dollar investors and see what I could come yeah. up with. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what are and what are the what are the return? Have you looked at the returns of these guys for the last ten years or so? Yeah, well, obviously these, these guys normally do fairly well. Like, I, mean, um, I know, I mean, I know, I know, so I know Poland and Terry Smith and Chris Hone. Mm-hmm. Um, a few that I don't know. Yeah, so Jensen, there's a, I know. There's a couple here that I didn't get to put in because they've got under a hundred million dollars under AUM, so they're not. Oh, I yeah. sit on SE side. It's too much manual work, but I would, if I was doing this properly, I would some of these other people, but mm. yeah, their returns have been quite good. Um, obviously. So did you run out and buy a shitload of visa then? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> Cause that should get corrected a little bit. Um, you know, but I'm just waiting now. Like I think it's better to wait. Um, Cause like you said, Six months out, and it's probably a bit long. Something might happen before, but three months out, you know, I think mm. it's worth sitting and waiting here a bit. Um, you might get an app opportunity yeah. to swing at something here. So that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. All righty. Is that, have we reached the end of the program? We have too. Yeah. All right. Well, that's some good work there, Tim. Um, something for the uh, fans to chew over if they've made it this far into podcast number 14, um, as I'm sure they have. Uh, so that'll be, that's it for us this week and we will see you next time.